I'd like to talk about a little event in the Bible, just a few words actually. It's about um, Apollos and Aquila and Priscilla. Now, uh, Apollos was a very learned man. I don't know where he got his learning from. He suddenly appeared. Um, he seemed to know it all. He knew the scriptures inside out. He was eloquent in speech. And, uh, um, yeah, people listened to him. Uh, then he spoke, and Aquila and Priscilla were present when he spoke. Now, they were a couple whose home was in Rome, and around about uh, AD 50, they were persecuted and they fled and went into the Eastern Mediterranean where they picked up with Paul and um, Paul used them greatly. He leaned heavily upon them. Um, now, Apollos, when he spoke, spoke well, but Aquila and Priscilla uh, sussed out that there was something that he lacked. And therefore they said to him, would you mind coming to our house next door and, um, you know, we'd like to talk to you. So Apollos obediently went along, probably thought, you know, who, who is this interfering couple? What is it they want to tell me? I know it all. I know the scriptures. But um, that's not the way uh, it really worked out. Um, They were leather workers, made tents in the same way that Paul did, so they had a kindred interest um, with Paul, and their work took them to many places. And wherever they went, they would open up their Lord to Christ their house to Christian believers. So many people in the Eastern Mediterranean learned about Christ and God through um, Aquila and Priscilla, just through sitting in a house group. Now, I'm sure you all go to house groups, and uh, uh, this, is, this is great, because that's where a lot of the Lord's work is done. He very often comes into a house group and speaks to us, perhaps more so than in some of the big churches. So house groups are really to be um, encouraged. Um, now, it's interesting that um, they asked him what baptism he had and he said it was the baptism of John now that was a baptism for repentance where people were dunked in the Jordan or wherever and wherever there was water uh, and that was their baptism they were baptized and um, came into a saving knowledge of Christ but what they lacked and what they had decided they'd seen in Barnabas that he lacked the baptism in the Holy Spirit and that's the thing uh, that they wanted to talk to him about. I don't know whether some of you may have been to Ephesus and Corinth, but it's a thrilling, they're thrilling places to go because a great deal of excavation work has been done. And in Ephesus particularly, you can see all the old buildings, just the skeletons, but enough for you to know what went on there. And Corinth is much the same. It took my breath away when we went to Corinth, which is not far from Athens, um, to see all the houses and the shops and all those things. And people have even hazarded, hazarded a shot at where Paul did his tent making. They will point out to a place on the corner where they felt he worked and then places where Aquila and Priscilla would have been nearby, of course, because they were fellow trade workers. Um, so I, I must say 
I, I found that tremendously uh, uplifting and interesting to go there. I've only been once and uh, I, I feel that's probably enough. I've no desire to go back there, but I've got a, um, a mental picture which I'll hold with me until I, until I pass on. In Romans 16, verses 3 to 5, Paul gives high praise to Aquila and Priscilla. He writes, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. So there's Paul praising them um, for holding these meetings. Uh, we don't know how they risk their lives. The very fact that they held meetings in their houses was probably high risk because the Jews hated them for doing it. The Romans were always frightened of insurrection, so they wouldn't have liked it. So really, this couple who just boldly went to a place, set up house, did their leather work, opened the house to prayer, showed huge courage. There may have been something else, some particular incident Paul was talking about, where they probably saved his life. We don't know. It may have been by informing on a, a, a raid by the Romans or something of that sort. But it's uh, permanently in the testament, uh, his, his love and, uh, and appreciation uh, of that couple's. There's an effort, another reference by Paul to Aquila and Priscilla, when at the end of 1 Corinthians 16 he says, Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord. And so does the church that meets at their house. So there's every mention of them and their house of prayer. If we go back to that reading from Acts 18, we are told that Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. In view of the reference to Apollos only knowing the baptism of John, which was a baptism for repentance, it can be assumed that by explaining the way of God more adequately was meant telling Apollos about baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. This is referred to in the following chapters, uh, chapter of Acts, Acts 19, 1-7. Did I see a cat walk down the aisle? <laughs> Last time I came, I was attacked by a ladybird. That cat greeted me this morning when we arrived. <laughs> While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? Paul's baptism, they said. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied there were about 12 men in all. And also, um, there's a previous passage. Um, oh, no, no, that's a passage we've read, yeah. So there's Paul um, 
talking about these other people who've been baptized in the <laughs> baptism of repentance. Uh, what was the effect of this little chat with Aquila, uh, Aquila and Priscilla? Well, we know that Apollos did great work in Corinth and other places. We are told that he became a man of great influence in the Corinthian church, as much, so much so that converts began to say things like, I follow Paul or I follow Apollos. And Paul had to put them right. And we find in 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 10 to 17, that that is exactly what happened. People were speaking of Paul, Apollos and others as if they were the ones they were following instead of Jesus Christ. So although it does indicate how well known and appreciated Apollos had become, but nonetheless the believers had to be corrected. This, this, this was not the way it had to be. Their, their whole function and ours as well had to be for and on uh, Jesus Christ. Nobody knows for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. There are all sorts of names, but one of them that comes up often is Barnabas. Now, it's highly possible that he did write it because he was an eloquent man, he was learned, um, he'd been baptized in Holy Spirit, he was a very spiritual man, and it's quite possible that he had a hand in the book of Hebrews. Now, I don't know whether you fully appreciate that book, but it's been, had a great influence on my life um, in many ways. And there's a piece in it on discipline. Uh, the advice given on God's discipline is particularly apt. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone who he accepts as a son. So I'm afraid discipline is something that Christians can expect. When they get it wrong, God doesn't hesitate to discipline them. It seems hard at the time, but we see afterwards that, yes, it was right and it was good for us. He's only ever got our good at his heart. It's quite possible that um, after Barnabas had had hands laid on him, that that's when all this came about. That little extra touch that he needed um, was just what Priscilla and uh, Aquila had to offer him. So it's, although it's only a tiny passage, it's great implications uh, for all of us. No matter how humble we think our role in the Christian scene is, it can be brought to life and energized by the Holy Spirit. Um, one very spiritual man is, I think this cat's going to join in with me actually. One man who's very much into the spiritual things is um, Dr. Yonggi Cho, Paul Yonggi Cho. And this book is called The Fourth Dimension. And I'd just like to quote a passage um, in it. For some, he's, he's from South Korea, and this church is immense. I mean, they have to do, Sundays is, is a day of shifts. Thousands and thousands in each shift as they pray through the day. I don't know what it's up to now. It was 10,000 at one time. and it's, Can you imagine a church of 10,000 plus? Um, you know, the mind boggles. Anyway, he, he apparently felt that he could 
preach better if he knew where God lived. Now that's a funny, perhaps it's a South Korean conception that he wanted to know where God lived. Um, anyway, he, he finally found the solution. Then the answer came. Jesus said, I died and am resurrected. I have sent the Holy Spirit to each and every one of my followers. I told you that I would never leave you as an orphan. I told you that I would pray to the Father and he would send the Holy Spirit to you. And in that day you would know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I, and I in you and you in me. Gradually I began to see that through the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son dwelt right in me. I read in 2 Corinthians that God sealed us and sent his Holy Spirit right into our hearts. I found the address of God. I found that his address is my address. I then went out to my fellow Christians and began to boldly preach to them. We can find the location of God. I have now found his address. His address is my address, and he dwells in me with all power and authority. Through the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son dwells in me, and he goes with me where I go. He also dwells in you, and his address is your address. If you stay in your home, he is there. If you go to your place of business, he's there. If you work in the kitchen, he is there. God dwells within you. And his resources are found in you. So, John Yonggi Cho makes that very clear that God is in each one of us through his Holy Spirit. Shall we pray? Oh dear Lord, we thank you for all this church and the witness it's had over many years, Lord. Thank you that all's been said in there to bring glory to your name. And we do ask you to remind each one of us that your spirit is in us and that we can do all that we want to do through you, Lord. Discipline us when we go astray, Lord. Discipline us kindly and help us. In Jesus' name, amen.